What's going on, guys? This is Q Country Roads. I'm Tyler Peppy. I'm Brandon Cork, and this is a WVU podcast by two suffering WVU fans. Yeah. All right. So basically what we're going to do today, guys, is we are going to recap the game last week with LIU, and then we're going to give you a preview for Virginia Tech. Sounds good. So um, kind of my first thought from the game is just how bad the offensive line was during that game, not being able to get any push, um, in particular the tackles. Um, I, I rewatched the game, and in particular um, our left tackle, Zach Yates, just seemed like he got beat on the ball every time, leading to a lot of the rushes that ended up getting no yards, which is concerning against a team who's so small. Um, what, did you see the same thing? Yeah, absolutely. One of yeah, I mean the offensive line is a huge concern, especially going into a team like Virginia Tech, who likes to pressure the offense. And even sitting back in the zone, I noticed they were getting pressure with just sending four guys. So that's probably going to be an issue. I mean, obviously, that was a very hate to say this, but it was a bad team. <laughs> LIU was not a good team at all. So even though it was an easy team, it's good to see a shutout. I mean, when's the last time we had a beatdown like that under Neil Brown? I'm not sure we ever have. I don't think so either. I mean, the defense was good. Um, the one thing I did notice was um, the defensive backs, in particular the corners and um, the outside safeties, had a hard time taking good tackling angles. Um, there were a couple plays where um, they just dove and completely missed guys or grabbed their legs and allowed the receiver to run through them. And um, good thing we have a die because he made a lot of – big play saving tackles out there, um, which is great. Um, but I think we need a little bit more consistency. Um, and that kind of echoes back to the Maryland game too, where they were just killing us, us with screens. I mean, um, Tagaviola had, what, two or three passes downfield. Other than that, it was just screen after screen after screen. Um, so if we can't contain that, then it's going to make teams who have maybe a more improved quarterback with a stronger arm, they're going to be able to shred us, um, teams like Oklahoma and um, – other teams in the Big 12. Yeah, absolutely. Another big concern was Letty Brown. He's supposed to be your best offensive guy, and he's he only averaged 1.5 yards per carry that game and only 3.2 for the whole season. So yeah. I don't think that's Letty's fault. Just like you said, I think the big thing is the O-line, especially the tackles. Um, I mean, they're young, so they can get better. They can start gelling. But the thing is, we're in game three, and College football doesn't give you a lot of games to get it together. So No. And I think the one thing that will help, too, and I'm not sure if he's active this game or not, is um, Laughlin, the tight end, whenever he comes back. Um, I noticed a lot of the plays where they had T.J. Banks um, acting as a lead block- blocker on those running plays. He was kind of slow um, getting out in front of Letty, which meant that he was a half step behind the line, and the holes closed quick. So, I mean, even though the offensive line needs to get a better push, if – you know, we have a tight end out there who can get out in front quicker, um, get out on the linebackers. It can give Letty, instead of two yards, maybe it gives him four yards, which is a little bit more acceptable. Absolutely. Totally agree with you. So not to just uh, rely on all the negative things we saw, let's talk about some of the positive things. I thought, um, once again, I mean, it was a bad team, so who knows. But I thought it was good that we should, that we have a little bit of depth on offense. And I think Neil Brown was even talking about maybe rotating – uh, some different linemen in occasionally, give them fresh legs, which will be good, definitely against a team like Virginia Tech that likes to control the clock and run a lot. 
Yeah, that's one thing that I like about the offensive line too is that when Hubbard was was in at left tackle, he was actually a little bit serviceable. He did have, um, I believe, one bad play that I saw. But other than that, you know, he wasn't destroying people off the ball, but he was making the blocks he was supposed to make and giving someone a chance. Um, at right tackle, the one thing I noticed is that um, Moore was pretty good in pass protection, but he cannot run block at all. And uh, Milam, even though he's a, a freshman, seems like he's a better run blocker. I remember the uh, announcers commenting on one play where he drove a guy down the field like five or ten yards and pancaked him, which is encouraging to see because I can't remember the last WVU offensive lineman who's done that. Um, I also really liked uh, Justin Williams. I thought, you know, he was quick. Um, he was decisive. He he ran up and down the field pretty quickly, good speed. Um, so it'll be nice to see him. And he's only a freshman, so, I mean, who knows what he could be become. Um and then at receiver, um, as far as depth goes, Prather, um, I think he only had two or three catches, but he's huge. And I love the way he ran. Um, and I think he could be a better deep threat than um, Bryce Ford Wheaton in the long run, which is another guy that um, I wanted to talk about uh, because I feel like they're trying to force feed us that he is a deep threat, that he's a big time, <laughs> big play catcher. And he had three or four opportunities against LIU to to make a big play and a contested catch, but he couldn't hang on and that's LIU. So um, if he can't do that, I, I think he has abilities to run maybe in the slot or on the other outside, but not as that primary deep threat that WVU and Neil Brown wants him to be. Um, I would like to see someone like Prather um, get a chance there. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you with the running back uh, depth because in Maryland, Letty Brown had all of the carries as far as running back goes. So it was good to see him, uh, you know, not get a bunch of wasted carries in LIU. I was happy they took them out early, save those legs for these tough games coming up. And, uh, yeah, definitely good to get those young guys some carries, see what they can do. Hopefully they um, get a few opportunities against Virginia Tech. I wouldn't mind seeing them. Yeah, for sure. And, I, I mean, I, I think all three backs look – or all four backs, we didn't see much of Sparrow, but all four backs look pretty decent. I mean, Mathis seems more like a, a one-cut guy. But, I mean, having – three different running backs who can do different things is, is a good thing to have. Yeah, absolutely. Well, before we get to the quarterback situation, which everyone wants to talk about, the one more thing I wanted to talk about about LIU and even Maryland, just everything up to this point, is the lack of turnovers that we've had. So WVU, of course, everyone knows, had four that first game. Um, we had one last game with a bad snap over Green's head. And the only turnover we've had all year was a busted play by LIU where they they basically just fumbled a handoff and we fell on it. Yeah. So that's our only turnover. If you ask me, we haven't really created one the entire season. Does that concern you at all? Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um, I mean, I'm not sure who the playmaker is in the secondary besides Adai. Um, I mean, the rest of the guys are fairly new except for Fortune. Um, we heard a lot of hype about Scotty Young, but I'm not sure... I've heard his name called that often, so I'm not sure, you know, if it's going to be playmaking by committee or if, you know, the playmaking in the secondary is just going to be kind of hit or miss. Um, the one area that I do have hope for is that um, with Mesador just being as dominant as he's been, I mean, the past two games he says his jersey ripped, so eventually the flags are going to come. <laughs> and once those flags comes and he gets in the backfield, you know, he, I think he could create some turnovers there because he's a f- monster of a human being. And, um, yeah, uh, I just want to see 
him create some sacks back there and get us good field position. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to the thing that everyone wants to talk about, the quarterback situation. So, I mean, I'll start off positive. I thought all three looked good that game. Some of the concerns that we you, everyone talks about with Daigie, we saw again, though. I mean, um, but I won't be all negative. I'm not as big as Daigie hater as a lot of people. I think he's a, a decent quarterback. I don't think he's bad at all. Um, I just don't think he is dynamic. I don't, I don't think you can put the ball in his hand 40, 50 times a game and win a lot, uh, which is what they seem to be doing. I know Neil Brown's a big analytics guy, and analytics say if you pass more than you throw, then that's your best chance to win. And it seems like in these past two games, that is what he's going to be doing. He's going to be passing a lot, and especially with a weak offensive line. So, um I mean, I thought Daggy, he played good, but like we keep saying, it's not like LIU's a great team to uh, to measure up against. Like, uh, you should look good against a team like that. Um, so I don't have a lot of bad things to say, but his lack of mobility is definitely concerning. I think my biggest concern with Daggy, well, there's a few things. Um, you know, he just kind of has some bonehead plays at random times, and I don't necessarily know where that comes from. Like the 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 Maryland game where he tried calling the timeout where there's no timeouts left or um, plays where he's getting pressure and he's not ste- stepping up into the pocket, just kind of things that you expect a veteran to be able to do. Um, and his lack of arm strength is, is concerning to me. Um, I do think that a lot of his issues could be fixable if we would design our offense a little bit more about, you know, getting the ball into playmakers hands more often. Um, I think Winston Wright's one of those guys. Um, I think, you know, Bryce Ford Wheaton and Esdale and Ryan, those are all really solid receivers, but I'm not sure those are the guys that you see in like your Oklahoma State offenses or Texas Tech offenses of, of old, where you have that one just guy who you can't cover. He's a physical monster. He's going to catch it. He's going to carry people. He's going to break tackles, or he's going to use the speed to get to the second level. Um, I think Winston Wright's that guy, even though he's kind of small, but, you know, I don't think our offense is really shown right now the desire to get the ball to Winston Wright you know, 10 times a game or use Letty in the passing game, get him five or six catches. Um, you know, it's still a lot more of the, you know, do the traditional air raid stuff, short dink and dunk. And if the defense comes up on him, Deggy doesn't have the arm strength to make the defense respect that deep ball. So the dink and dunk doesn't work as effectively. Yeah, you absolutely make a good point there. His, his deep ball is just not there. In fact, all the, all the, hype that they had for him in the offseason. I was really hoping that is what Daigie improved on the most was that deep ball because when you lack mobility and you can't throw a deep ball, I mean, the defense is just going to scoot up and that doesn't help Bloody Brown up at all. So, uh, yeah, you make a lot of good points and especially the playmaking decision. I mean, this guy is is a fifth year senior and I mean, he's still making these plays that you would expect a freshman to make. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I do think he's a decent quarterback. I, I think, like I said before, it's just it's kind of a tough time to be that type of quarterback in our offense because we don't have, you know, Tavon Austin. We don't have Kevin White. We don't have Stedman Bailey. Um, we have a whole bunch of younger guys who are still trying to find their way. Um, and we also don't have Dana Holgerson, who is notorious for being great at developing wide receivers and building his offense around that. And I'm not sure if that's in Neil Brown's wheelhouse, but, you know, that's fine. Um, but. You know, I really liked what Garrett Green brought, especially, you know, taking the context how bad our offensive line looked against LIU. 
Um, his ability to get out of the pocket, run, turn something into nothing. I mean, his arm isn't the best, but, um, you know, he made plays and he made the defense have to respect him and change the way that they played our offense. So um, I really liked seeing that aspect because it's something that I haven't seen in a while from WVU. Absolutely. Yeah. And I he- I heard uh, Neil Brown talking about how um, obviously some of the things I saw with Green throwing the ball, even you mentioned it the other day, might have been first game jitters, but he was pretty inaccurate at times which could be a problem, but uh, Neil Brown was also talking about how uh, he had to make difficult throws sometimes because he was hanging on to it a little too long, whereas if he would have just got it out real quick, the guy was open. But um, he's young. I mean, that could have a lot to do with it. Um, The biggest thing about him, though, is he's dynamic. We have a bad offensive line. That's a guy who can make plays when blocking does break down and so that is what you love to see of course that's why everyone's calling for him to get a lot more playing time and I would agree I mean I'm not saying he should be the starter next game or anything like that but I would definitely like to see him get out there for whole drives not just like one little package play where you kind of know Green's going to be involved in it I'd like to see him get um, maybe even a dual quarterback situation with a lot of people hate. I honestly think it would be perfect for the situation we're in right now. Change it up with um, just how both quarterbacks bring such a different dynamic when they're in the game. Yeah, I, I would like that too. And um, the one thing I would, you know, kind of change about that is to kind of stick with the hot hand. So if Deggy's going out there and he's, you know, just completing everything, picking apart the defense, he's seeing it, he's in the zone, let him keep going. Um, and with, Green, kind of same thing. If he's out there and he's, you know, making some passes, he's moving around, he's getting yards, and the defense doesn't know what to do with him, keep him out there. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's – I don't want to see Jared Deggy out there by default going forward just because he's the veteran he doesn't make mistakes. I think with the way the offense is now, um, you know, you know what Deggy is, but if you need that offensive spark, Green needs to be in there in some capacity. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And even though he's young, I mean, he's going to make mistakes green, but like we just said earlier, Daggy's a 50 year senior and he's making the same mistakes. So, I mean, yeah. I have, uh, take away playing time just for that as well. You also have to acknowledge that Neil Brown and Daggy, they've had a relationship since the dude was like 12 years old or something. <laughs> like that. So, I mean, uh, you know, you can ignore that, but obviously that has something to do with it too. Obviously they're pretty close. So, that could be a big reason why he uh, he's not ready to pull the trigger as well. Yeah, and I think Neil Brown also is a, is a big guy on hard work and trust. Um, you know, one thing that Neil Brown said about Green was that um, there were some plays where it broke down and he just looked to run instead of, you know, looking downfield and passing the ball or not running the play as it was designed to and just kind of freelancing. Um, he also said that, you know, that's something you don't want to take away, but I also think that, Neil Brown likes that predictability, knowing what's going to happen. And, um, you know, again, like during the summer, Neil Brown was talking about how, you know, Green looked great, but he was also the one who was a little bit more volatile. He would be the guy who would turn the ball over, trying to force things downfield um, that weren't there. Um, So I think that, you know, maybe sticks in the back of his head a little bit as saying, you know, if I put this guy out there and he just completely implodes and I put Deggy back out there and he's the backup and he comes in as his, confident shot and then what type of train wreck are you left with there so i kind of understand that but again deggy should hopefully fingers crossed be gone after the end of this year because he could come back if he wanted to um 
So, I mean, if you have to throw away a season with a young quarterback, I think it's okay to do it this year. Yeah, that's a good point. Before we move on to Virginia Tech, what'd you think of old Goose Crowder out there? I, I liked his arm. Um, you know, I heard he's a little bit of a, you know, he can run a little bit. I mean, he's not he's not green, but he's better than Deggy. But mm-hmm. I think he has some real promise, especially because he's supposed to have, I think, the strongest arm out of the three of them. Um, so it's going to be an interesting battle next year with Green Crowder and then uh, Nico coming in, hopefully, as long as he signs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I saw. I thought the same exact thing. I like Crowder's arm. It really zipped out of there. Now, I mean, I don't know. He only got to play at the very end. I'm sure uh, LIU even wasn't using like their all their starters at that point. But just the way he was even to throw out routes and stuff like that. I mean, that's stuff that when Daggy's in there kind of scares me a little bit with his arm strength. So. Yeah. I mean, it, even if it's, you know, he just becomes something like a Clint, Clint Trickett. I mean, he was good. So yeah. I'd be okay with that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, if that's all you got for that game, we're, we can move on to Virginia Tech. Yeah, that sounds good to me. All right, let's do it. So, Virginia Tech, they're coming in ranked number 15. It's a big game for WVU, um, and it's a crucial point in the season. Big rivalry game. This could be a game that gets everyone back on board, the Neil Brown bandwagon. Um, So, I mean, it's a big game this weekend. Oh, yeah. I mean, and this is the first time we played since, what, 2017, and we don't have the Black Diamond Trophy, I think. Um, So, um, we need to bring that back. But, uh, you know, it's just awesome to be able to play like a true rival again. I mean, Texas Tech, you know, in Texas, as much as we hate them, you know, they're not rivals. Um, It's nice to get Virginia Tech on there. It's nice to play Maryland and Pitt again in a couple years. Um, So, you know, the crowd's going to be awesome. Um, I'm hoping it really makes a difference against Virginia Tech. And um, I'm excited to see the matchup. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you, too. I'm happy that finally, like, a rivalry's back. (laughs) (laughs) All these Big 12 games, I mean, sometimes you get excited to knock off a Texas or Oklahoma, but, I mean, this is the most excited I've been for a Mountaineer game in a while. For sure. And I think it's a good matchup, too, because both teams seem kind of similar, at least defensively. Um, I did watch a little bit of the Middle Tennessee State game, and they're very strong up the middle. They have a great defensive line. They rotate guys in and out. They get pressure. They're going to bring the heat. They're going to get you in the backfield. Um, But they did look a little bit soft on the outside, similar to, you know, how I said earlier about WVU not being able to necessarily make plays out there as consistently as they need to. Um, So, you know, again, that's an area that Deggy we haven't really seen too much of is him throwing the ball on the outside. So um, offensively, I'm feeling a little worried about what Virginia Tech's going to do to us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I agree with you. Like we were talking about earlier, the aggressive blitzing, I think is going to be a big problem, especially if Daggy's in there and, you know, he's, you know, he doesn't have much mobility. So, I mean, if someone gets free, that's pretty much game over for that play. So that's going to be a big concern. There's zone. I'll tell you what, Virginia, I know they make a lot of turnovers, but there was at times that it looked like the middle Tennessee state was just picking apart the zone. In fact, that's how they uh, scored on their, um, their one touchdown early earlier in the game they didn't score on the zone it was a man play when they scored but that's how they were getting downfield with about like 13 yard passes right in between the corner and safety so um we definitely got to take advantage of that when we have the opportunities because on the plays that they're blitzing uh it's either going to be a big one for us or it's going to be a big loss oh yeah for sure and the one thing that 
I want to see WVU do more of, which we haven't seen much at all, um, especially with Neil Brown as, as coach, is um, you know getting Winston right the ball in creative ways. Um, I know when he's on offense, we're getting the ball kind of some screens occasionally, some slant passes, but he's the most dynamic offensive player that we have, even considering Luddy in there too. Um, you know, that little outlet pass that Deggy made to him where he went, what was it, 19, 20 yards down the field to get the first down was incredible. And plus the kick returns. Um, so I'd like to see them use him a little bit more like they did Tavon. I'm not saying he is Tavon, but, you know, those jet sweeps, those touch passes that that Holgerson used to use, um, you know, screens, put him in the backfield, give him a hand handoff sweep play on the outside, anything. Um, I think if you stretch Virginia Tech's defense out wide, um, they're a little bit more susceptible. And it also helps slow down that forward rush that that defensive line is going to bring because it makes them have to think, you know, can I just go straight in and go after Letty and Deggy, or do I have to worry about someone taking it to the outside and picking up a big game? Yeah, 100%. I'm with you there. I would like to see them, we talked about this after the Maryland game, I'd like to see them use more motion because you, you put guys like that in motion, you can give them the ball, and at the very least you can uh, freeze the defense a little bit, maybe freeze the line, and get good good plays for Letty and quarterbacks and other guys so definitely more motion and i agree they need to get him more involved in yeah, the I, i'm hoping for at least 10 touches a game that would be my goal if i were the coach you know get right 10 touches a game if you don't do it then you failed <laughs> absolutely so let's talk about vt's offense a little bit it's not great i think everyone knows that uh you know even though beamer's not there they're still playing beamer ball went in with tough defense and big special team plays and offense is just you know, kind of average. Um, and I think this is the same way. I think they're, it, it's perfect for that type of football. I mean, they control the clock, they run a lot, they wear you down. And that's what I really saw at the middle Tennessee state game is, uh, you know, halftime. I think it was only like 14, seven, I believe. It was yeah, it was close. close. Yeah. But I mean, in the second half, they just, you know, they beat them down after that. And I think it had a lot to do with running the ball a lot, wearing them down and eventually they just couldn't handle it. And that kind of scares me a little bit, especially if our offense is going three and out a lot, which we do have um, some streaks <laughs> where we do that. I mean, that could really wear down our defense. Yeah, and I, I think the one thing about their offense, too, that's strange, and I don't think I've seen this too much, is they had, what was it, like eight or nine different guys running the ball. They had like six of those guys with more than one carry, five guys with like more than five carries. I mean, how do you prepare for that? I know Blackshears, I think, is supposed to be their playmaker at running back. But, you know, there's just so many different options and the way they run their offense. I think it makes it a little bit hard to prepare for. And Burmeister, their QB, he's a very smart runner. Um, he doesn't, you know, he, he doesn't look like he's athletic as someone like a Garrett Green, but he looks like he makes better decisions. He runs very smart. You know, he makes good lateral movement. He makes guys miss. Um, and he just makes the right play and, you know, doesn't try to do anything that hurts his team. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, I mean, his arm's not bad. If guys are open downfield, he will hit them in stride. And yeah, his legs scare me the most because in the past few years, that's been WVU's kryptonite is a running quarterback. They've even lost to some pretty average and below average teams with running quarterbacks in the past few years. So that could definitely be a problem. And that's why I hope our offense doesn't struggle too much because eventually he is going to make a play or two. 
The only thing is, are we already down a touchdown or two when that happens? Or, you know, are we up a touchdown and it's not that big of a deal? So it'll definitely be interesting. Here's something I was looking at, too. Um, just like we were talking about, Virginia Tech special teams. Their kick returners are good, man. They got King at the kick return, Robinson at the punt return. And both of those guys are, have the capability to take it to the house. Meanwhile, we're, we're kicking it off to the 10-yard line every time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that that could be a big game changer if they break one or two of those. Oh, for sure. I mean, and we haven't really been challenged too much on our returns. Um, I don't, you know, LI, LIU's LIU, so you can't really look at that. But um, I don't think Maryland really did much. They might have had one good return. Um, I'm drawing a blank there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, and, and special teams is kind of the area where WVU always seems to kind of make some sort of bonehead mistake every year, a few times a year. And I still don't understand it. Um, especially when it comes to punt returning. Um, I was hoping that Winston Wright would be able to, uh, keep that job, but then he muffed that pump again, punt against Maryland. Um, the other two guys who was at Esdale and, mm-hmm. um, I don't know how to pronounce the other guy's name who's returning punts, the white kid. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm just hoping, uh, you know, they can catch the ball and, you know, wave their hand in the air and not screw anything up whenever, the VT uh, gunners are coming for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, we got like what, three kickers, two punters. They can't find anyone to punt that thing into the end zone or kick it off into the end zone. Come on, man. Uh, Oh yeah. I mean, at this point, you know, you either need to start maybe doing some sky kicks or some squibs or something. I mean, it's probably just about as effective and, you know, maybe you get a, a lucky bounce every now and then. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. You got anything for the V tech game? Um, the only other thing I could think of is, um, you know, on defense, kind of what I'd like to see them do. I, I think WVU is kind of in a, a unique position with the defense that we run. It's like, it's like, a, it's still the three, three, but a little bit, you know, a hybridized with like a three, four. So, you know, having that extra defensive back or linebacker, wherever they decide to put in there, hopefully allows us to put someone on Burmeister to, you know, spy him a little bit. Um, and hopefully that gives us a little bit of an advantage. I, I do think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm thinking it's probably going to end up being something like 17-14. Um, and hopefully doesn't come down to a kick at the last minute from a WVU kicker because not too sold on either of them right now. So, um, yeah, that's kind of my prediction of how I think it will go. Nice. You got a good, a bad, and something you wish to see on Saturday? Sure. Um, so for good, um, you know, I, I'm excited to see the defensive line against Virginia Tech's run game. Um, I want to see them disrupt it and force them to go outside and let our safeties and linebackers make plays. Um, for bad, um, obviously offensive tackle. I think that's by far the worst area of our team. Um, and I'm just terrified of what Virginia Tech's going to do to exploit them. Um, I'm, I'm hoping WV runs some screens or, or something to take advantage of those, that aggressiveness. And then for my, uh, my one wish again, uh, I'm going to say it again, probably for the third time, this, this podcast is get Winston, right? The ball in space. Yeah, that's a good point. All right. Yeah. My bad would be, I'm just happy that there's a rival coming to Morgantown and we're not going there to Virginia tech. I think that's a huge, uh, factor without a doubt for, for it to be home and uh my bad my bad would be our 
kickoffs, man. I'm telling you, that is worrying me. I wish we could get someone who could kick it into the end zone uh, because that always seems to be the thing that Virginia Tech does. They just make one or two big plays, whether it's with a turnover or special teams. And I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about that. And I wish, I wish we could find someone to kick the ball off in the end zone. <laughs> I'm with you there. I mean, I, it seems like uh, who was the who's the one kicker we had a few years ago? The guy with the uh, the big beard. Um, he was he was a meme, uh, but he was good punter. I can't <laughs> I can't remember his name. I'm drawing a blank. Yeah, I got nothing there. I, I, I oh, was he the Aussie? Maybe. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank too. <laughs> Called me out. <laughs> we used to have so many good kickers come through, or at least punters, and. You know, for whatever reason, it kind of dropped off. And I, I know one thing I read during the offseason is one of our in-state kickers actually transferred out. So um, if he couldn't win the job and he got a job at a, another Power 5 school or wherever he ended up, I'm just wondering how bad he was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, man. Well, let's wrap this up. So yeah. that's one, guys. Uh, hopefully we, we'll do this again next week. So if you like this, uh, subscribe, come back, watch us again. And that is it for Q Country Roads. I'm Tyler Pepe. I'm Brandon Cork. And we'll Thanks see you guys listening. next week.